1: This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. This is the show on the Blaze Radio Network where you come for the accent, but you stay for the principles. Happy Saturday. I'm back to my normal routine, and what a week it's been. There's a lot to discuss today, America. Um, we're going to delve into yet another terrorist attack, um, but I want to talk to you about something. I want to give you an update on the terrorist attack, but I also want to link it into a couple of stories that have come out in America over the last couple of days, and I've got a plea for both Donald Trump and the Secret Service. Um But that's later on in the show. I've also got a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Um, If you've been watching Capitol Hill this week, you will have noticed, um, or maybe you've seen them, um, the show trials of Neil Gorsuch. Um, Liberal politicians... It's unbelievable. I, I, You know what? Anyone who wants to be a judge or a Supreme Court justice, I would just say, just think you have to sit there for the first day of three days and just listen to politicians blow I think that should be on the job description. And if you want, still want the job after that, I'd kind of go, are you a bit insane? Because I only watched the highlights and my head nearly exploded um, with certain politicians and, and what they had to say. But that's for later on in the show. I want to start today's show by having a bit of of a heart-to-heart with you. Um, Every time I come behind this mic, or any time I do interviews, or any time I'm doing speeches, I try and... I think if you've listened to me for even a couple of shows or a long-time listener, you kind of get who I am. I am very positive about the future. I see so much potential. Um, in your people, in technology, and I really think that the future is still yet to be written in many ways. And I think this generation and future generations are gonna have a large say in that. My aim and my the responsibility I see that I have I'm only one person with a with an audience. With a fraction of an audience compared to people like Glenn Beck and Mark Levin and I appreciate you taking the time to tune in, but all I ever try and do is to try and get you to be inspired a bit and to do a bit more homework and, and for you to share the principles. That's all I see my job as and my responsibility as. But I see it in a responsibility to to bring them in the most positive way possible. And I've, as a person, I try and stay away from negativity. It's one reason I don't do insults. I, I, I find them very negative. But I want to talk to you about something, because this week has been really frustrating for me, and I want to have a bit of a heart-to-heart with you, and, and, and kind of see, because I'm guessing you're having the same struggles if you're listening to, to shows like mine. And just to try and maybe you, maybe one of you out there has the solution to this, because I, I sure as hell don't. I try and talk principles. I did a special episode of this podcast, and it was released on Monday afternoon. Um, hat tip and, and a big thank you to Brian, to Sarah, to Cal, to Chris for getting it out on a, such a quick turnaround. I recorded Monday morning. It was out by Monday lunchtime. Um, that's very rare and, and it, it's only going to happen on special occasions, but I couldn't stay silent. If you listen to that show, it was basically about my blaze colleague, Tommy and our comments. And it was responding to it because she created a mess for conservatism and pro-lifers. The response to that show has been frustrating for me. And I want to have a heart-to-heart with you. I re-listened to that show several times. I do it for my homework, because I always want to get better. But I got a load of feedback, and a lot of it wasn't positive from that show. So I re-listened several times to see if the feedback was right. First of all, I got criticized for being a sellout. Apparently there are people out there who, and these are not connected to the blaze in any way, but a few people said, you know, that it was unprofessional to, um, quote unquote, attack a, a colleague. I didn't attack anyone. If you, if you, I would love to know if you listen to that show, how could you see anything I said as an attack? I met her on the battleground of ideas I listened to that show twice and for me I tried my best not to discuss Tommy I was dis- I discussed her comments I addressed them in the first segment but for the rest of it it was talking pure principles and laying out the case about not redefining conservatism and being pro-life and a constitutionalist and believing in your founders the other example debates that I didn't get involved in but they were responding on some comments and on Twitter was the whole debate of whether she should be fired and then on Tuesday I think it was she was suspended and then the whole well was it right that she was suspended was it wrong? Can we how do we get to a point where we actually can just discuss principles and not discuss the bouncing ball of the news of the day? But for those who want an answer ...about whether I think Tommy should be suspended or fired. I don't have an answer for you. That's not my call. I find it amazing in in social media... ...the things we get distracted and talk about. So let's not talk about Tommy. Let's talk about me or you. If me or you had a problem with the company... Actually, let's just make it about me for a second. I don't like doing this, but let's just play along. If the Blaze suspended me tomorrow... For any reason. I wouldn't want it discussed in the public arena. If I was suspended, that is a conversation between me, Glenn, Dom, and ever who else is involved. That's it. It's not a public conversation. I know we've got access to social media where you can take pictures and share real-time information of pretty much anything. But the last time I checked contracts and employment status... We're still, you know, private. Why is this incessant need to talk about someone's employment status? Is it different just because Tommy's in the public eye and you're not? I don't think that's. I I personally don't agree with that. So I have no nothing to say about her employment status or her suspension. That is a, is a decision by Blaze Management, and it's nothing to do with me. And I can't influence it, so I don't see why I w- even want to discuss it. I also got told something, which I want to address. I've actually lost two friends over the last couple of weeks. Two people who weren't just people who I knew online, but two friends. And I consider them friends over certain things and one I lost this week over this podcast. And I want to talk to you about that and what was discussed. For me, again, I see my role as talking about principles and history and philosophy and getting you to to inspire you in some ways to to do some more research and to think of things. Because I'm an Irishman, I grew up in Ireland, I'm an outsider. I, I see the... I see socialism and progressivism and big government statism or whatever ism you want to call it a mile away because I'm used to it. I've grown up in this culture. I see how these people, politicians and people around them think. So I've got a unique view and that's why I share it. But I don't do it out of to hurt people or to to be insulting to people. I do it as a, as a mission in the best way I can. But one of the criticisms that I got this week about that show was that I lacked understanding and that people around the pro life movement lack understanding and that we will never change anything unless we start being understanding of certain things. And I wanna the reason I'm doing this is because I'd ask you to see if what your position is on this. So I thought about it, I kind of went, I'm sorry to this person. I don't want to be understanding. For me, abortion is horrific. And I'm not going to talk about abortion cuz I, I for too long cuz I know people don't like that, but I just I want to make the point. I think it's wrong. I am pro-life and I'm proudly pro-life. Because I think honestly, to be blunt, and I said this on last week's show, if we don't have a respect for life, then how? I can't get passionate about any other issues. I can't go, well, I'm not, I'm not passionate about you know, the right to life, but I'm so passionate about your right to privacy, or your right to the self-defense, or your right to free speech. I, I, if we can't have a right to life, then we have a right to nothing. But I don't want to be understanding of someone who thinks abortion is okay. Of their position because I believe in absolutes in some cases I believe right is right and wrong is wrong there is no argument anyone can make at any time that says hey guess what I have this argument and you know abortions okay I'm sorry I've taught this issue a long long time I'm not a newbie to this issue I haven't just all of a sudden woken up and said oh I think I'm pro-life I've done a lot of sleepless nights on this issue and many others. Now, the problem I think with my friend at the time was that she equated understanding to compassion. I believe as as a Christian our job is very simple in many ways. It's to love the sinner but hate the sin. If someone came into me and said, hey, guess what? I, I, I was one of those people and I had an abortion. How would I respond? I'm not going to shun them. I'm going to love them. And if they talk about their abortion, you know, we'll have a conversation about it. But this idea that, you know, we need to be more understanding of a, of abortion or of defense of abortion. I I just can't. So I went off, it, I think it was Wednesday night, I didn't sleep too good, because I was tossing and turning, because my brain was was looking for consistency, and this is how I think. And I equated it to some other situation, I kind of went, right, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I, I need to be more understanding, maybe I'm at fault here. And the conversation I had with myself was, I was trying to put in some other situations of, well, do you want to be understanding there? And the first one that came to mind was a Blaze friend. And I've had the honor of interviewing him a couple of years ago. And he's a hero in my eyes. He's a wonderful man, and ha- I couldn't do what he does. And that's Tim Ballard. For those of you who don't know, Tim Ballard runs Operation Underground Railroad. It's an incredible organization and does incredible, credible work. If you've listened to Glenn's show, you're very familiar with him, even if the name doesn't strike a bell with you. He's the man who has teams going in to save people from sex slavery. So I put myself in that situation: if I was on one of his missions, and I was sitting across from one of those people who worked in the sex trafficking industry, do I, what I want to be understanding of their opinion, what I want to hear. And be understand what they're saying and their justification for those acts. No, I wouldn't. If there was a a rapist, you know, you hear about these horrific rapes; they're just becoming the norm in some certain places. Would I want to hear their justification of why they rape someone? No. Just because I don't want to hear their justification or be understanding of what they did, which I believe is morally and ethically wrong, doesn't mean I'm going to hate them. Now, I will be honest, that the sex slavery people, <laughs> I tr- I, tr- I would try to be the best Christian I could, but I got to be honest, if I was on one of their missions, I think I would kill a load of people. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, maybe I shouldn't put that out. I don't think I could sit across from someone who was selling 5 and 6 and 7 year and 8 year old girls and boys and remain human or remain Christian. I don't think I could. And that's why I think Tim Ballard is a hero, because I, 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 am first of all, he was, I think he was ex-CIA, so there's, he could do a lot more damage to someone than I could, um, you know, he's trained, I'm not. So, to be able to do it and not have your soul crushed, because I would just, I, either I would get up and do, try and beat everyone up, I'd try and do James Bond, or um, Jet Li or some of those people, you know, or Jason Statham, or Peter Rock, you know, if you smell! Or I'd cry. I just want to reach out to those kids and hug them. Because it's such a horrific life. So, this is the conversations I was having with myself all week following this podcast. Do you ever have those conversations? Because here's what I, here's the conclusion I came to, and I'd love to know what your conclusion was, if you have ever had these conversations. Do we need to be more understanding? I think we need to love the, sin, the, the sinner, but hate the sin. I don't want to be more understanding there are certain things and this will be different for everyone there are certain things that I think are just morally right and morally wrong that is all they are there is no gray patch you either have a set of principles or you don't now these might be different for other people you know people might want to say well I'll take it on a case-by-case basis fine that's your decision For me There are just certain things I just don't need understanding about But that doesn't mean I'm going to condemn everyone to hell Because I'm a sinner as big as anyone else is I try and live the best life I can But I'm a deeply flawed person I have many many flaws But there are certain things I just don't want To understand Because I think they're wrong but I will listen to you and I will have a discussion with you and I'll be respectful. Those of you who follow me on social media when you see this show and when you see my writings, there's a lot of words and written and oral from me on around. They're not hard to find. <laughs> if you want I have my own website, Freedom's Disciple, you can find every article I've pretty much ever written and every show I've ever done. They're not hard to find. I don't get insulting, I find no interest in it, but I also don't have any interest in understanding why a sin is right. Where do you stand on this, America? I'd love to hear your opinion, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Don't go anywhere, right? Because right after this break, I want to talk to you about a situation, I have a plea for both Donald Trump, but more so the Secret Service, and I want to give you an update on the terror in London that happened this week. I'll be right back, America.
1: Freedom versus Freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. versus freebies. This is Freedom's disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As always, I am on social media. I'm not hard to find. If you go to Twitter at Freedom Disciple singular and Facebook at Freedom's Disciple plural, or you can also send me a friend request, Jonathan Dunn fifty eight. That's my personal page. Um, get involved. I would love to hear from you. Um, I love engaging with you as much as possible. I do spend quite a bit of time debating with people online and discussing things in a principled way. And I do take as much time as I can to respond to your messages, to your comments, because I believe if if you take the time out to, to comment or to send me a message, the least I can do is take out a few minutes of my time and respond to you. So unless you've been living under a stone, you will have known there was another terrorist attack this week and in London now just full disclosure I'm recording this on Thursday morning and um, so I'm sure there'll probably be updates between you now and you hearing this um on Saturday but just I wanted to give you the latest update that I have Um, a terrorist decided and um, there was a terror attack in central London Wednesday the attacker drove a 4x4 onto a pavement on Westminster Bridge and He ploughed into pres- pedestrians and um, before finally crashing, and then he went to the um, outside the House of Parliament and, and got into the. I think it was the inner perimeter, and he stabbed a policeman. Um, police have revised the death toll to four, and PC Keith Palmer was the the policeman who was stabbed um, outside West the Houses of Parliament. A woman in her 40s, believed to be a mum of two, a man in his 50s and a terrorist. There are 40 injured at last count. Some with catastrophic wounds is the way the, the British police are describing them. 29 have been taken to hospital and 7 are in critical condition. On Thursday morning, or on Thursday in the middle of the night, your time, um, British police launched raids and I think there are 7 people arrested. It is yet again another horrific attack. But I I want to discuss two things about with you with the terror. I just wanted to give you an update because you're listening to this at the earliest Saturday afternoon at 12 Eastern. So there's going to be several updates between now and Thursday morning and Saturday about this terrorist attack. So I don't want to give you an update or give you old information. I want to discuss a couple of principles with you. In a minute, I want to make a plea to both Donald Trump, but more so the Secret Service. But first, I want to talk to you about terror. I think we are at danger by the media, by the population, and the way these terrorist attacks are taking place of being asleep. If you ever watch people online and you see the outrage after a terrorist attack, because it's a horrific event, and especially in these tourist places, if you've ever been to London um, and you wanted a picture of Westminster, this is pretty much where you go for the best picture. It's the most scenic picture, it's the most beautiful picture, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And this is exactly where they target it. But you ever see the outrage? I'm sure you've seen it. And I'm sure maybe some of you have felt it. That, my God, another terrorist attack. When will we wake up? I actually want to share a theory with you that I'm working on that I actually think the more terrorist attacks that happen, the less likely we actually are to wake up. Let me explain the, the, the theory of my thinking behind this. And again, you can agree or disagree. But I'm watching these terrorist attacks and I'm seeing, especially in Europe, a acceptance. It's just becoming the norm. Not an acceptance that they're good, but an acceptance that, yeah, we they just happen. They're just part of our everyday lives. Because so many have happened. You had the mayor of London who is... Don't insult him, John. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a positive term, but I can't find one, so you can ins- insert your insult here. The mayor of London saying, well, it's just the price of living in a, in a big city, these terrorist attacks. It's just the price that of daily life of living in a big city. I think the more these happen, that we're not, the less likely we are to wake up, because we've just accepted them. It's just become commonplace to switch on the news, or if you're, or if you're like me, which I'm guessing many of you are, or maybe more advanced. Or I have an iPad, and you get a, I get alerts from Fox News, from CNN, from BBC, from Reuters. Um, you just get this message on your phone of breaking news. You know the the economy added so many jobs this month. Um, the Dow was up to today by you know three two thousand points. Terrorist attack. In these places, in London, in Paris, in Madrid. But I also think that the size and scope of these terrorist attacks are also measured against one of the worst we have ever seen in this world, 9 11. And we just scale down our opinion of it because of the size. Well, it's not nine eleven. 3,000 people didn't die and buildings didn't crash into the street. You know, only three people died. And that's sad, but it's it's three people. It's not 3,000. I think many people in Europe have just become, this is just a day, of, just an, a norm. And the police just need to be better and we need more police and we need more surveillance and we need less privacy. And we just accept it. I think I haven't found the solution to this either but I think we are at dangerous risk of of falling into that trap and I don't know how to get us out of it but I also have a plea for Donald Trump and his secret service more importantly there was a story out last week which I'm sure you heard and this is going to America Hat Tip Reuters A man who scaled the White House fence last week was on the property grounds for 16 minutes before he was detained, the U.S. Secret Service said in a statement on Friday. Jonathan Tran, 26, faces a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison for entering the grounds without permission. He hopped the 5-foot fence near the U.S. Treasury Department, which is located next to the White House, and then claimed an 8-foot vehicle gate and a shorter fence near the southeast corner of the east wing of the White House grounds before he was caught. The Secret Service can, f- can confirm that at no point in time did the individual gain entry into the White House. Oh, well, that's okay then. He just got onto the grounds. He didn't get into the White House. Evenden's okay, folks. But he was on the grounds for 16 minutes. He had a backpack. And I think there was a mace in it and a few other things. I think one of his Donald Trump's books was in it. But he had a backpack. Then there's this story from last weekend. A heavily, hat tip Daily Mail. A heavily armed US Coast Guard boat was seen patrolling the waters near Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort after a supporter of the President claimed to have sneaked into his office to take a selfie. The boat was pictured guarding the Lake Worth Lagoon, not far from Trump's Palm Beach property on, on Sunday. Later on Sunday, Trump departed Florida Air on Air Force One, ending his fifth weekend at Mar-a-Lago since the beginning of his... Br- that's irrelevant. The previous night, supporter, Joseph Young, shared a selfie on Instagram of taking of taken in the president's study at the resort with a painting of a noticeably younger Trump over his right shoulder. The alleged agent evader captioned the po- photo by saying the following cool statement. Because <laughs> this is hilarious. Snuck by the Secret Service to catch this selfie. They might have told us not to go in there. (laughs) Oh, you're so funny. Here's my plea. It is to Donald Trump because, first of all, you're, you're the president. Whether you like it or not, it's irrelevant. Whether you support him or not, it's irrelevant. Whether you voted for him or not, it's irrelevant. He's the president. And when you're the president, you have responsibilities. And one of them is to keep yourself safe. And the White House and the Secret Service have this responsibility. That's their oath. They're charged to protect the President of the United States. My plea is this. Is to start worrying less about the tourist angle of the White House and how aesthetically pleasing it is and more about doing your job, which is to protect the life of the President. Because I remember the days under George Bush after 9-11 There were snipers on the White House And there were clear mandates If you crossed that fence You were shot You were shot Because you were at the height of war I really hope That the Secret Service Look internally That Jason Chaffich Who is one of the leading people on the hill Over this committee Over the Secret Service look seriously into this issue. Because whether you like Donald Trump or not, he is the most powerful man in the world. Yesterday's terror attacks in London should show one thing. That they will target Parliament. That nowhere is safe. Now people say, well, you know, look, what damage did did the terrorist attack do yesterday? What, what real damage was there you know what's the outp- what's the fallout from the terrorist attack? Well there's two things. let's just go to London, which is but it's app for London, it's app for America, it's apt, apt for Europe. And that is a lot of economies today you know have a large part to their success due to tourism. If people don't feel safe going outside into tourist places, guess what? They won't go. So your economy is affected. Those who live there, I've seen several conversations of people going, you know what? It's just not worth going out. I've, I've, I've heard those conversations. It's not worth going out into a public place. Let's just stay. Let's not go to the match. Let's not go to the concert. It's just not worth the risk. And also it's too expensive. So let's stay home. That will affect your economies incredibly. And if you start affecting your economies negatively, you're going to have more economic hardship. And that's going to cause even more problems. But secondly, let's just focus on Donald Trump and the White House. This guy, Jonathan Tran, who jumped the grounds and was on the grounds for 16 minutes and had a backpack. It's not just about killing the president and killing Donald Trump. Can you imagine the propaganda that ISIS and all the terrorists stuff? Let's say this Jonathan Tran was actually an ISIS fanatic and he got into the building for 60, or onto the grounds for 16 minutes and there was a bomb in his backpack. And let's not go to worst case scenario. Oh my God, he killed Donald Trump as president. Or he killed my, Vice President Mike Pence and, and caused a massive constitutional crisis. Let's not just go to the worst one. Let's just take something that would be relatively really bad, but you know, the best case scenario in that situation. Let's just say there was no casualties. Not even a Secret Service person was even hurt. But part of the East Wing, which was had no one in it, there was a bomb exploded outside it. And part of the East Wing kinda fell. Or crumbled. Or is now black, you know, with the burn and the soot of a bomb. And there's a fire. Let's just take that. Can you imagine the propaganda that would inspire future people to get involved through ISIS? We got into the White House. One of their aims is to paint that house black. And to raise the black flag of jihad over it. Can you imagine the propaganda online if that happened? Again, not even killing Donald Trump or Pence or anyone. Just the fact that you got into the White House and set a bomb off in any part of it. The propaganda that would inspire and inspire future people to get involved. If you can get into the White House, you can get anywhere. So my plea is this. Please, please, please. Donald Trump and and the Secret Service. I I know tourism is important to a certain extent. But please have security as the first thing. And by the way, I would say this if Obama was president, or Jimmy Carter was president, or even Woodrow Wilson was president. It's not about the person, it's about the office that they hold. And the symbolism that office holds is incredible. And the terrorists know that as well. And any type of attack like that is just it would just have such dire consequences for both um, America, but also peace, peace-loving people around the world, because that would bring a further wave of attacks, and more innocent people would die. And then going forward, I think it's time, and I'm gonna, I'm working on a show for it. It'll be several weeks down the road on foreign policy. We really have to have some honest discussions about foreign policy, about how we deal with it, because ter- tyranny is growing in this world. That nut job over in North Korea really is starting to push boundaries. And after launching missiles a couple of weeks ago at Japan, at the US, near the US naval bases in Japan, he is crazy enough, just just enough, to go, I don't care, let's just go. Let's just fire them and see what happens. He won't care that America, if America responds, it will obliterate its country back to the Stone Ages. He doesn't care. He'll just see how much damage he can do. But that's a show for a future for f- several weeks down the road because I think it's time to re-examine the foreign policy and actually look at it through a principled lens. Don't go anywhere, America. i got still a lot to talk to you about. I've got an excitement segment I want to talk to you about, the Declaration of Independence. But up next, I want to talk to you about Neil Gorsuch and the show trials that are, uh, happened on Capitol Hill this week. I'll be right back, America.
1: This is Freedom's Disciple with jonathan dunn on the blaze radio network
0: don't miss pat and stew you've heard it a hundred times i don't think i i I don't think we have i don't think so i don't think we have you always say it's a long story, and then it never gets explained. Right? Because it's that's almost true. like he's scared, scared, right? scared to tell us. I wrote an article about it. Scared to fusion?
2: Oh, fusion! Yeah, that one
0: that nobody saw. Well, it's not my fault you don't read, <laughs> Jeffy. I- Pat and Stu. weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze
1: Radio Network. Freedom's disciple
2: with Jonathan Dunn on demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As always, this show is released every Saturday at twelve noon Eastern. There's a show every week, and then short clips are usually released every Monday. So, just so you know, that's the schedule we're going with. That's the time. If you ever want to find new shows, or if you're a new listener, welcome, and you want to know when to look for future episodes. Uh, A new full show is released every Saturday, 12 noon Eastern, and then also we do the short clips, which is, because I know you're all busy and sometimes you can't listen to everything, we do the short clips so that you kind of get a segment, um, so that you can listen to a segment or two and then maybe maybe get you to listen to the, the full show later on in the week. I've still got a lot of things to talk about. Next segment, we've got a, a segment I want to talk to you about, the Declaration of Independence, a bit, because I think that's such a critical document, and I'm going to be spending a lot more time talking about it. But right now, I want to talk to you about Neil Gorsuch and the show trials of Neil Gorsuch that have been happening this week on Capitol Hill. And I kind of want to just break down a few things. I want to share some of the answers, which I thought were really good. And there was one answer I did have a small problem with. It's not a big deal. I'm not saying, that, oh, my God, this guy is horrible, but... I think I want to make a bigger issue of it. And I would ask you just so you know how I think. When I, I respond to people's comments, it's not responding to them per se. It's looking at the underlying principle. But well, we'll get there in a minute. I want to read something out to you, and I want to read out your constitution. For me, the constitution is very is a sacrosanct document, and we got to follow it each and every time. That is the, s- the litmus test for everything in my eyes. Article 3, Section 1. The judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. The judges both of the Supreme and inferior courts shall hold their offices during good behavior and shall at stated times receive for their services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance in offices. Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution. And this is what I want you to really focus in on at every word. The judicial power shall extend to all cases, in law and equity, arising under this Constitution, the laws of the United States and treaties made, or which shall be made, under the authority to all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, to all cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction, To controversies to which the United States shall be a party, to controversies to two or more states between a state and citizens of another state, between citizens of different states, between citizens of the same state claiming lands under grants of different states, and between a state or their citizens thereof and foreign states, citizens or subjects. The trial of all crimes except in cases of impeachment shall be by jury, and such trial shall be held in the state where the said crimes shall have been committed, but when not committed within any state, the trial shall be at such a place or places as the Congress may by law have directed. Section 3 talks about treason. That is what your, your founding fathers put in Article 3 of the Constitution, which is the powers of the judiciary. Simply put, It's to talk about all cases, in the law and equity, under this constitution, and the laws of the United States, and the treaties it makes. That is what they are to do. You will notice in there, there is no mention of parties, or of presidents, of politicians. So some of the highlights. I was very impressed. I didn't get to watch all of it, but I got to watch the highlights and, and different parts. He, the one thing I will say, it's refreshing to see a guy who is so clearly just a nice guy. Whether you agree with him or not, he doesn't come across as angry. He doesn't come across as in-your-face. He's just very, very, just seemed like a very friendly, nice guy. So some of the highlights. One of the things I think he wanted to really emphasize, and I don't know whether this... W- this was attacked or not but I agree with it because I think it's so important and I think he this is who he is but he really emphasized if you watch some of the hearings he said many 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 times I'm a fair judge I think that is critical he spoke about how he participated in 2700 opinions and he was a fair judge he judged the case by its merits and I think one of the things that really struck me was in this era of bipartisanship and, and politics and left versus right and Republican versus Democrat and all litmus tests, he spoke openly about how he didn't want it to be, he didn't ever want it to be a judge over someone where, over a case where one of the litigants in the case kind of felt he was going to be biased and already had made up his mind. And I think that is so critical in this day and age. I think open minds are critical. He also spoke about, which I can't believe this is... I I, I can't believe that we have these type of questions, but he was asked about had he made any promises on future rulings. And he he obviously said no. He said he'd keep an open mind for the entire process. I don't see how we can... This constant need to, to have promises and to rule a certain way. The only way... In the litmus test in your constitution, is to rule by the constitution that arise under this constitution. That is a Supreme Court jo- justice's job. Is it constitutional or not? Yes or no. Now I, I do disagree with, and I don't think I don't know whether Neil Gorsuch said this or not. I, I do disagree with a ninety-nine percent of people when it comes to the addition of precedent. For me, the first question is is it constitutional? Is it in the constitution? Yes or no? That, you know, kind of sums up a lot, a large part of the argument for me. Then I would look at precedent and case law and see what other people have said. But it seems to be the opposite in a lot of cases where it's, what's the precedent say? And then, oh, well, maybe I'll go see what the constitution says. But that's just me. I I think I'm in the vast minority of that. The one thing he said and again I agree with another highlight he, he spoke about there's no such thing as a republican judge or a democratic judge. I think he went on and said another time that he's an American. There you know there is no par- politics on the judiciary. Um he spoke about he had no difficulty ruling against any party which I think again if you want if you want the Supreme Court justice to be, be loyal to a party be very careful what you ask for because if you go down that road you're you're not gonna have a good Supreme Court if you're basing on parties, not on principles. You're basing the you're judging them on man's law. His opening statement. If if you go onto YouTube and just uh, Google or not Google YouTube, his opening statement. I would encourage everyone to do that. It was a very good opening statement. Um, he also del dodged some stupid comments, stupid questions, very well, he was very respectful, because there are times when, and um, as much as I try and be a nice guy, when it comes to politicians, honestly, I struggle, you know, this, when I see Diane Feinstein, I just, I, I want to bang my head off a brick wall, just going, oh my god, kill me now, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, politicians bring bad sides out of me, but you know, it's amazing people who think they're s- experts or who, in certain circles, are considered, you know, well, very smart on certain things. One of those people is Lindsey Graham. You know, you're very smart on on on, on, on law and on legal things. I think Lindsey Graham is an idiot on many things, including the Constitution and legal matters. But he asked a question. Can you tell me if Roe versus Raid was decided correctly? And then he asked if President Trump asked him if he'd ever overturn it. And Gorsuch replied by saying he would have walked out the door. First of all, um, Lindsay, I don't know if you know this, but a president doesn't get to decide what cases are heard before the Supreme Court or not. It's not a case of, hey, I'm the president, regardless of who the president is or who the judge is. Hey, can you overturn this legis- this law, this ruling in the Supreme Court? No, because that's not how our system works. Someone brings a case and it eventually will go through the legal process and eventually it will become to the Supreme Court after several cases beforehand. And then the Supreme Court will hear, decide whether to hear it or not. And if we do, then I'll make my judgment. But just going, hey, can you overturn it? It just doesn't work that way. That's not the system. But also, I thought his answer, you know... Was very. I would expect that type of question from a liberal or a progressive or someone trying to snap him, not from a Republican, trying to get a Republican-nominated judge elected. I would encourage you to go, if there's, in fairness, actually the best highlight package I've seen is the, the Denver Post. If you go to Denver Post, Neil Gorsuch confirm, confirmation hearing videos, they have um, many different little highlights, um, and I would encourage you to watch them. However, he did say one thing which I was unhappy with, and I didn't agree with, and I want to talk to you about that principle. He said on Tuesday, I believe it was, that he said attacks on the judiciary and and on federal judges are disheartening and demoralizing. Can we get to a point in society where we don't put anyone on a pedestal and say, hey, you know what? You shouldn't... um, no not sorry I don't agree in attacking them but you know you shouldn't you're not above reproach there is no one president politicians judiciary churches no one is above reproach and I that was the one real struggle his answer on that I found really struggling because sorry that was a highlight coming up um he said the way I equate it, and this is why I really struggle with it, because you're running, or not running, sorry, you've you're been in the confirmation process to join a very select group of people. There hasn't been a lot of people. There's been many firefighters and many police officers. There's been many people working on Wall Street. You're in a very select club when you're a Supreme Court Justice. Very, a very select group. There are only probably, what, 200? I think there was about 230 in the history of America. I'm not sure. That's just off the top of my head. You're in a very select group. You're not among among nine people in a land of 313 million. You're going through confirmation process and you're saying, yeah, you know what, the job I'm running for, or not running because that's not the right word, but going for or going through the confirmation process, that job I don't think you should be able to be attacked for. Now, do I think you should be able to be attacked and called a moron, an idiot? No, that doesn't help but I think we need to stop having these people who think they're above reproach. Because the the first question when I saw this and I read this article about it, I kind of went, so what would you, my first question was, I'd love to ask him a question. Well, what about John Roberts and Obamacare where it was clear he changed his opinion on the last day? You read that opinion, it's not consistent. So should we just accept that or, or what do we have to do? Because I don't think anyone is above reproach. When I see some of, like Ginsburg, Ginsburg is a perfect example. Ginsburg has spoken openly about how, you know, she admires other constitutions uh, more than the American Constitution. Should we just accept that? You know, if when I have spoken out about that in the past, is that wrong? Is that disheartening? Is that demoralizing? That is the only thing I have found that I have disagreed with in three days from this man. His temperament is good. He talks about being a fair judge. He talks, he spoke about his oath to the Constitution, That is, and that is one he will fulfill. That that was very positive. By all stretches of the imagination, and by reading things, he is very much an original justice. He, in many ways, in some ways, he's actually better than Justice Scalia um, when it comes to Chevron difference, which is an issue we can talk about another day, because I think that's actually a very interesting topic. But I think he, I, I it's, all it is is going to be a question of will they confirm or not, him or not. But he seems like a very good judge. But I did have to bring up the principle. What point in time do we say you're above reproach? Do you think that's a healthy example to be above reproach, no matter what you do? You know, no one is above reproach. No one is above been questioned. And I, I firmly believe Thomas Jefferson was right. We need to question with boldness, everyone Even the very existence of God That is what makes us better Because as Thomas Jefferson put in that famous, famous quote Surely God would much prefer The logic of reason Than that of blindfolded fear I think we need to question with boldness, everyone And if Neil Gorsuch is And hopefully he will be um, Confirmed to the Supreme Court I think He will make a very good justice. He has the potential, reading some of his his past decisions, reading his record. He seems to be very fair, and he seems to also be very much about the Constitution. And last time I checked, the Constitution didn't belong to left or right or either party or either president. It belonged to the people, and it belonged to your country. And that is all I think anyone can hope for. Don't go anywhere, America. I'll be right back after this quick break. And I got one last thing I want to talk to you about. I'll be right back.
1: Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On Demand. On The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their
0: house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find
2: senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today.
0: To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951.
1: This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope you've enjoyed today's show and it's given you some food for thought. We have discussed a lot. Um, We had a heart-to-heart. In the first segment, we discussed the terror and Secret Service issues in the White House. And again, I repeat my plea to the Secret Service and Donald Trump. Please sort out your security in the White House. We discussed Neil Gorsuch. And now I want to discuss, just finish up today's show by just discussing a small principle with you. That I'm seeing... A growing trend on social media. But I want to respond in a principled way and lay out some history for you as well. One of the things I'm going to take on as a responsibility and I'm going to share with you in in the most entertaining and encouraging way possible is more about your founding fathers and your history. Because I know certain people don't share my love of history and if I discussed what I would discuss, it would put a lot of people to the sleep. But one of the things I want to try and do is is focus in on your Declaration of Independence. Talk about the words, but also talk very much about the spirit behind us. It's why, not going back to last week's show about responding to Tommy, I spoke about nature's law and nature's God. There are terms you're going to hear a lot more on this show of, but also that the spirit is critical. So I want to read something to you from your Declaration of Independence just to get you thinking on this Saturday or this weekend whenever you listen to this show. And it's from the second paragraph. Because everyone can quote the start of the paragraph. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal. They have certain rights from the creator, certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Or life, liberty, and property is the original meaning. But I want to read something that is just underneath it, but that is critical to the point I want to make to you right now. And I quote, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form, as to then shall seem most likely to affect their safety and their happiness. It continues on later on, just a couple of sentences down. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, uperstation, upers, pursuing invariably the same objective, If Vince is a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, sorry, I can't speak. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for future security. The key words I want to hear, I want to talk about right now, is everyone talks about today. We need to stop this. We need to destroy this. We need to put a halt to this. Your founding fathers were very smart men because they said it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. Absolutely right. But they went on. They talked about your right, but they also talked about your responsibility and to institute a new government. They talked again later on about tr- your right, that you have a right to throw off such government, but you also have the responsibility to provide new guards for their future security. Freedom without responsibility does not work. You cannot have a conversation about rights and freedom without having a conversation about responsibilities. Your deck, The spirit behind this is incredible because your founding fathers... Contrary to public opinion in 2016, sorry, 2017, and liberal media, was they were very well-educated, very well-read men. They just didn't sort of among themselves kind of go, hey, what do you think the Constitution should be? Or what do you think the Declaration of Independence should say? Your founding fathers read... Your founding fathers took a lot of stuff. If you read the Declaration of Independence and Constitution, you will see a lot of quotes from Scripture there. They read great men, great great philosophers, both in a positive way and a bad way. They were very familiar with their works, and they looked around the world and said, hey, what did everyone else do? How can we improve it? One of the reasons excuse me, America is a great nation, an exceptional nation, is because of that responsibility. It is your right to alter and abolish certain things, but you also have that responsibility to institute new government. Because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, anyone can destroy something. It doesn't take any brain power to go, I don't like that, I want to destroy it. Whether it's right or wrong or noble or not, you can destroy it. Just go, I don't like it. I, just, I want to destroy you. It doesn't take much brain power. What takes brain power and what takes convincing, what takes debate, what takes arguments, what takes discussions, is instituting new governments to instituting new guards and new safe places. It's with this in mind, I've been seeing a lot of people online commenting, the following, and I've seen this meme go around in very variations of it with different words, and it's basically this woman with her, you know, that look you have, you know, when your eyeballs are all big and your eyebrows and are really up, and you're just like wide-eyed, you know, like oh my god. It's a picture of this woman with glasses, and her eyes are like massive, and it's basically saying happiness is pissing off a liberal. I've seen many people online go, I just love, I wake up every day just wanting to, you know, annoy a liberal. Just to to get in their face. I think, I find that so sad. First of all, if your happiness comes from annoying someone else, I would seriously ask you, very respectfully, to sit down and... Have a re, very very long a reevaluation of your life Because your happiness Coming from annoying someone else Isn't exactly I don't know Isn't exactly a sound Mental capacity I can think of many Things that make me happy Spending time With my mother makes me happy Spending time with my dog makes me happy Spending time researching makes me happy Spending hours upon hours on phone calls about radio and about helping people get a start in radio. Talking about philosophy, talking about principles makes me happy. Annoying someone? No. No, not at all. But it all, it all boils back down to the way we talk to people. What is the aim when you engage with liberals and the, and the left? And you the way some people call them the enemy. Is it just to annoy them? Is it just to tear them down? Is it just to throw insults at them? Because that's the easy thing. The easiest thing is just to destroy something. It's what the rest of the world has done quite well over many, many decades and centuries. The hard thing is to build people up. Anytime I engage with someone, I don't want to... If you watch me, again, there are many, many thousands upon thousands of thousands of words both written and oral from me. I don't ever want to tear anyone down. I want to build people up. I want to show people the light. I want to make the argument. I, I really hope Americans start are reintroduced to their founding fathers because they were really great men and they were really unique and really exceptional. And they charted this course for you. And they gave you the groundwork with the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, that's your roadmap to get to where you are an exceptional nation yet again but tearing people down annoying people how do you win let's just take the whole let's just forget the principle aspect let's get the whole election side how do you win because you hear the Republicans talking about this all the time we need a large tent, a big tent a welcoming tent well, how do you build that big tent I'm not saying that's a good thing by the way Just let's say it is. How do you build that big tent? Do you build it by annoying people? Do you, to use this language, do you get that big tent by pissing off a liberal? Have many times you ever had in your life kind of gone, oh, there's that big tent of people. They really annoyed me and upset me. Yeah, I'm going to go join them. You ever see that happen in life? You ever felt that one that way? I really hope to live in a world one day, and the way social media is going, this might be a pipe dream, I don't know, but if you dream it, it can come true. If you visualize it, it can happen. I really hope to live in a world one day where we're, n- we're better than just wanting to annoy people. I really hope we live in a world where, not, I don't ask for you to agree or disagree with me. I don't want people who share the exact same opinion as me to be around me. We're challenged by people who have different opinions. We become better when people have different opinions. But I really hope we live in a world where we can actually meet on the battleground of ideas and not on the battleground of insults, the battleground of the meaning commons, and the battleground of discussing people. I don't see any benefit in in any of those I see a benefit in meeting on the battleground of ideas. And for as long as I can, I'm going to be doing everything I can to meet anyone on the battleground of ideas, but also to share your founders wisdom. I wish I could sit here and kind of go, Hey, hey guess what America? I had this great wisdom. I had this epiphany. am I a smart person. I don't, what I have is appreciation for great men and women and they are your founders. These are not my principles. I wish I could be, I wish I was sitting on the opposite end of this microphone and you telling me how great your country was and me you telling me how great your founders were. But sadly, it doesn't seem popular or it doesn't seem, maybe there's a narrative behind the scenes where they don't want people to know your founders are great men. I don't see it being discussed a whole lot with the exception of a handful of people. And that is why I'm adding my voice to that list. Because as long as I'm around, I will talk about the greatness of your founding and the principles behind it. Because principles, if you believe in eternal principles, they were the same at the time of Christ. They were the same at 1776, and they're the same today. Because they are eternal, they are right, and they are true. And I will continue to add my voice to them at every opportunity. I hope this has given you something to think about, something to chew on for the weekend. As always, we finish the show the same way we do each and every week by saluting the heroes in society, your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets, the men and women who risk it all 24-7 for our freedoms, for our security, and to stand against evil in this world. And this week we salute the police all over the world, including Great Britain right now, who are under pressure. Keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. If you heard nothing in this show and nothing went into your brain by this, just remember this. America is great because Americans are good. America is great because Americans are good. Never stop being good because your future is still got a lot of potential in it. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern America, God bless and God bless
0: America.
1: Freedom's Disciple, on demand. On the Blaze Radio
0: Network.